The rap rap. Man, I had no oh, idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I finally watched that, and I got mad because my kids were making fun of it, and I was like, shut up, it's Ninja Turtles. Man, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? You want Christmas? They're going to have to keep talking smack. <laughs> yeah, after all, I take a lot of pride when I put a gift inside of the rap rap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, never mind. They were right. All uh, right. <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga dudes to do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. We are on episode 41, I guess? I don't even know, Josh. What, what episode are we on? Do you know? No, sorry. I uh, probably I'm gonna say 41 is a good. That's a good idea. It's a good yeah. place to. Even if we're on like five, we'll say. You know three. what? I I don't even know anymore. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> as uh, as you've probably noticed, that's our buddy Josh O'Rourke. He has returned for uh, let's see, is this the third time you've been on the show now, Josh? Yes, this is the third show. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, um, just to kind of uh, g- give you guys a background, um. Uh, Josh and I, we have some great ideas. And and speaking of the other Josh, Josh Witt, um, he's still going to be part of the show. He's going to do probably about two episodes a month um, or more. And uh, you know, we're we're going to try to save the big shows for for you know when we can all get together. Um, but Josh O'Rourke and I wanted to kind of keep the ball rolling with some smaller shows uh, to kind of do a weekly format to kind of get some content out there more frequently. Um, because we really wanted to push Turtle Flakes full time, and Josh O'Rourke, that is, uh, had a great idea uh, or a great name for our new series that we're going to be uh, covering. So, Josh, you want to explain what we're going to be doing from now on? Yeah, um, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure loyalties will change here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do uh, basically a issue by issue podcast of. The IDW Ninja Turtle comic series. Yeah! So maybe we won't go. I mean, it's not like we're going to start with issue one. We're probably just going to go in out of sequence order, just kind mm-hmm. of what issue really stands out to us, and then talk about that. Absolutely, yeah. We just want to do something new, you know, something that's uh, happening right now that we can discuss. Like when a new issue of the IDW comics come out, we want to talk about it. And and that's that's kind of the premise of this show right now. Today we're covering the um, Deviations issue uh, that, that came out. It's, it's not brand spanking new. It came out almost a month ago, but yeah. it's definitely something we need to talk about. Um, but Josh and I, we, we're hoping to do a show – you know, dedicated to the latest issues. And I know IDW is up to issue 56 right now, and 57 is coming out next, I think next Wednesday. Hey, do you want to do that for the uh, next episode? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just read 56. and Crazy, it, huh? Oh, man, it's amazing. I love spoilers a little bit, but, like, Leatherhead finally showing up properly. Oh, and- yes. And you know what? I knew it. I called it. I was like, he is being way too nice. Way too nice. Oh, are you sure that's him at the end, just like laying the waste to everybody? I mean, that could that could be, I don't know. It could okay. be Hunt again. I don't know. You want to talk about it for a sec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so I, you know, 
Leatherhead's one of those shady characters. You never know what you're going to get with him um, because, you know, depending on which incarnation you get, he's either a good guy or a bad guy. It's almost like a Donkey Kong figure. So I'm wondering because, you know, at first he was like, I don't know. There was even one one scene where the turtles interrupt him or or say something. He's like, and they apologize. Like, oh, no apologies whatsoever needed or something like that. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He's being too nice here. You know, creepily too nice. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Something they've got to do something different because right now, just from the little bit that I've read of him, it's hard to tell a difference between him and Slash because they both have that real precise diction and just great attitudes, very polite but very big, beefy, and strong. And just you know, so mm-hmm. they got to do something different. He's got to be a cloak and dagger type guy. Oh, and and I'd be okay with that. I mean, I I'd, I'd be okay with him being so conniving and so um. Oh, what's the word? Just just a snake in a way, even though he's an yeah. alligator or crocodile. But uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so I think we should – next episode, uh, we should cover issue 57 because that will be out this week. Uh, that will give us – I think it's coming out this Wednesday, which would be – let me check my calendar. That would be – looks like May 4th. The 4th, right? Yeah, yeah May 4th, and uh, uh, that will give us plenty of time to cover it next Saturday on the 7th. All right, Sweet. yeah. Oh, oh! Why don't you tell the listeners uh, the name for our series? Oh, okay. So this this podcast is going to be called the IDW Mutation Station. I love it. I love it. He came up with that name. I thought that was really clever, and it, I felt really bad because he was the one who pitched the name to me on Facebook, and I hadn't gotten back to him in like five or six days just because things know, were crazy. I know. Like, <laughs> man, he hated that name. Right, I was like, I'm so not even cool. talking to this guy anymore. <laughs> How oh. dare he come up with a name better than mine? I know. I know. I was like, jeez, just rolls right off the tongue to us. It's not fair. But, uh, but, yeah, so, Josh, uh, have you gotten any turtle pickups in the last couple weeks? Um, let's see. Not, not – I don't think so. I guess I'm to that point of, like, turtle collecting to where I cannot remember what I got and when I got it. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly just uh, in preparation for this episode. I have the uh, TMNT IDW comic app. So I bought the – because I hadn't read the IDW series since issue 50 because – I just didn't like a couple of things they were doing, so I didn't really read much of it. So when you gave me the idea, when you came up to me with the idea of the show, I just picked up digitally like seven or eight issues of the TMNT comic that I could. And I was pleasantly surprised by being wrong about how uh, this series is shaping up. I actually really like where it's going so far. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. With the exception of like the villains, like the street phantoms. You know, I'm not sold on them either. Not not yet, at least. I, I, I'm no. like, uh... every time I hear them talk in the com- or read uh, their text in the comic, I hear Bebop and Rocksteady's voice from the old cartoon in my oh, head. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just like these guys are morons with way too much power. Just... Yep. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, you know, I'm not afraid of them yet. You know, that they don't have the uh, purple dragons kind of menacing feel or 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 anything like that yet. So uh... they're not even like Savat. The Savat, all they do. Parkour. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> All they did was parkour. Yeah, I know. Parkour. Parkour. But uh yeah, it's it's yeah, and I like how Deviations even kind of real briefly mentions them uh yeah. in this issue and I thought it kinda of cracks me up, you know, in the context they that he mentioned it, so but um I thought that was the writer going like, Yeah, we knew that was a bad idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um man, it's been so long since I've recorded a, a Turtle Flakes episode. Um uh, at least a month, maybe even a little bit longer. 
I've got a lot, so I'm going to go through these real quick. I've actually got a big old pile of stuff on the floor just so I would remember. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, a couple weeks ago, I tried, because I love the Nickelodeon series so much, I tried to get caught up in all the DVDs. So I bought, um, I got uh, the first and second seasons on DVD. That's like its own collection. And then yeah. I think in season three um, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Retreat, which has got about six episodes. Then yeah. Showdown in Dimension X, and then the Return to New York City. But I don't have, uh, what is it? The, the a lot. I think we're in season four now. I don't have with the ones where they're in space much. I've seen that, the episodes. That, that DVD doesn't come out until next month. Oh, okay, okay. It comes out next month. Uh, I got it. I mean, you can buy it digitally. I bought it on iTunes. Oh, nice. And I liked it. it, it that. I was never 100% sold on the Nickelodeon show until this most recent season. Really? Yeah, ah. I, I really wasn't. I mean, it, it's not a bad show at all. I really I like the show, but they just do a, they make a lot of weird, questionable things in my <laughs> Well, sure, and, sure. And, and let, let me ask you this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, I re- that brings up something that uh, you said, I think, earlier on when we were talking. And uh, how do you feel about Michelangelo now in season four? oh man see michelangelo is just such a kid that just the dad in me is like oh my god you need to calm down all right (laughs) you need to stop Uh but but i I love michelangelo i love all the turtles i really do but um i i really like the turtles themselves their characters their attitudes their points of view Mm -hmm. um so i i don't dislike any of them in this new series. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I know I know it sounds like I do, but I really don't. But because I had the realization that I might be a little bit too old for the show. Really? Because, you think so? Yeah, not not because of the maturity of the content of the show. I think it's a very cool show. Mm-hmm. But um when I was watching, I won't spoil anything, but I was watching the the season finale of of season 4 and they go back in time from season four. So they go back in time. The whole thing is about time travel mm-hmm. and they go back to the day of the season finale of season three and something happened in season three that really just grabbed my attention that when they revisited it in season four, I, I cried foul because I was like, Oh, they just kind of took an easy way out and I, didn't, and I didn't like it. But then that's kind of me saying, you know, it's a kid's show, you know, <laughs> kid's show. <laughs> uh, I need to calm down and relax a little bit. You know? Oh yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah um, I, I do love, I do love the new series. You know, but I'll have. I'll, it's funny the way our, our opinions are kind of different. Season four, it took a little while for me to kind of um, be interested in it. I, I don't know why. Um, I just kind of felt detached with season four. Like I, I think I have always felt. The, the turtles I love best have been always kind of like the localized turtles. You know, they're still on yeah. Earth. They're still in New York City. They're still fighting Shredder. You know, when they start start branching out, and I realize you got to do things different just to change up the storylines. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It took a little while, but I remember seeing Lord Drag for the first time and just marking out because I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know he was going to be in this series. And as a matter of yeah, fact, I saw the – Yeah. Uh, and then I saw the uh, toy first, and then I saw him in the episode. And at first, I thought it was just going to be like he was going to be a minor character, you know, just a little cameo appearance. But yeah, he, apparently he plays a really, really big part in season four, from what I've seen on TV, and I really like it. Oh, and real quickly, uh, 
did you see the um, crossover? Oh yeah, the uh, when they go to the '87 cartoon. Yeah, what'd you think? Yeah. Loved that. That was great. That what I thought was great about that was it took the old show that we grew up with and it made the it made it continuity with the new show. It, I really, I first off, I thought it was a great episode because they took the hour and a half Turtles Forever movie and made it 22 minutes. Right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's that takes i don't care who you are that takes talent oh yeah oh absolutely and, and then, then the really medium not. that they changed everything too like there was one part where the the classic turtles were changed into the like cgi uh, yeah. nickelodeon turtles and then the you know vice versa the cgi ones were kind of drawn almost like the classic turtles i love yeah. that that was so, that was kind of like a different take on the the forever thing the, the turtles forever thing it was a different kind of interpretation still pretty amazing though yeah, I, I wish that they had kept the art style from the '87 cartoon mm-hmm. because it looks like the the uh, Amazing Adventures comic that's out now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is fine. I mean, which is great, but um, I just just because I love that old series so much mm-hmm. that that I mean that is my turtle series. Oh, you know? me too. Me too. And I mean, as much as I like the 2003 series, as much as I like the 2012 series. The 87 series is the one that I'm always going to go back to. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one started at all. I mean, I was we were yeah. the perfect age for the, for that cartoon to come out. I mean, we are the prototypical turtle kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean... With mortgages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Amen to that. Uh, Don't grow up, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But uh, it, it, it's just crazy that... Uh, it, it's cool that the Nickelodeon series makes a lot of references to, to some yeah. older stuff. And, and, you know, fans like us will get those references, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Nick series is great. Um, as far as some of my other um, pickups, I got the... Um, oh, the it's the Foot Soldier... Oh, I think it's the Foot Cruiser? I think that's what oh. it's called. Okay. I, I got I got that. Um, I've got the April O'Neil's motorcycle. It's like they got the Channel Six logo on it. She had uh, a motorcycle. You know, I don't know if this came. See, the reason I think it's April's is because it comes with cameras, like TV okay. cameras. So I'm thinking. I remember she had the van. They had a Channel Six van. Yeah, yeah. I, which I never had, but um, yeah, this is the motorcycle. It's got Channel Six. It's got the Channel Six cam on it. I'm looking at it right now. But then again, it's got a picture of Raphael on it too, so I, you know I don't know. Yeah. But why? Why would Raph be filming anything? Uh, you know he's a you know if anybody's gonna be on, gonna like try to get on YouTube, I would think it's gonna be Raphael or, Mike- <laughs> or Michelangelo. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. Be, actually be Michelangelo and Mondo Gecko would have a great YouTube channel. Oh my god, I'd, I'd subscribe. Yeah, I would so would I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, another one I got, I finally got me. Um, I went to. Oh gosh, what's the name of Marble City um, Comic Con here in Knoxville? They were they were here last weekend, um, oh, okay. and <laughs> there was no virtually no Ninja Turtle stuff there at all. It was so tough to find anything, and I was I was on a mission. I didn't have a lot of money, but I had twenty bucks, and I wanted to buy something Ninja Turtle related. And yeah. um, so I went in there, and I went to this one toy store. I had a whole bunch of Star Wars toys, but I noticed they had some blue bins underneath. Um, the the tables so i was kind of scouring through the blue bins and i found uh leatherhead i found uh mondo gecko and i found oh what was the other one uh oh baseball uh raphael so uh, yeah i picked up those three no accessories but uh man and uh the the guy was like dude two bucks a piece i was like sure sold (laughs) yeah no problem 
Yeah. Got that, and I got a boat that I've never seen before. I got this on an eBay auction. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this before, Josh, but it's it's like a a boat that has it says the USS Tub Boat. Uh, it's got like a wheel at the bottom. Uh, looks like it came out in 1991 by Mirage Studios Playmates Toys. It's got like wheels on the back, and it looks the artwork's got like a mutagen uh, stickers on the sides. And I've never seen this before, but I was like, man, I I'd like to get it because it came complete with all the accessories and the sail and everything. So. Yeah, I'll have to like post a picture of it. I've never seen it uh, complete like this. So. Oh, here we go. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. I know I've never seen this thing. I haven't either. I haven't either. So the uh, foot cruiser, I got that. The motorcycle and the boat for like thirty bucks, I think it was. Uh, wow, cool. while back. So. And and of course the comics. You know, I'm up to. I'm caught up on the IDW series and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, it's got the Deviations issue, and I've subscribed to the Amazing Adventures series, which is, uh, you know, pr- pretty cool, and it's got its own charm. Um, you know, it's definitely for kids, but I, I still like reading them anyway. It's just like the Archie series back in the day. You yeah, know? exactly. So, I just remembered two pickups, if you don't mind. Oh, um, let's hear it. I got the first issue of the Archie uh, Adventure series, the Ninja Turtles Adventures. Oh, nice. I got the very first issue of that. That's downstairs. And I have... Recently, I got the Michelangelo uh, giant Ninja Turtle figure, the 13-inch one. Oh, I'm jealous. So now I have now I have all four of them just on my dresser. I saw that. I saw that on uh, – I think you, you posted it on Facebook, and I was like, ah. Because I remember I didn't have I, – I think my friend had Donatello, the giant Donatello one. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it, but I never had one of the big ones. So. It took me a while to find because, like, I got Donatello new in box – just because that was the only one I could find. I spent like a hundred bucks on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so all the other ones I got out of box with no accessories. And so I, I spent like 50 bucks a piece on them. Oh, which, wow. On eBay which or? On Amazon, actually. Nice. And I don't use eBay because I just I just don't trust eBay. <laughs> so, I've been burned a few times on it. Yeah, yeah for sure. My, my wife uses it. And if I see something on eBay that I like, I just ask her to get it for me. And usually she'll say yes. <laughs> Usually, ah, nice. Well, that's better than me. <laughs> but uh, definitely, the Michelangelo and Raphael does need some work on it because I have to. It's it was played with a lot when it was a, when whoever owned it was a kid. So there's magic marker stuff all over it. So I've been scrubbing it with hairspray and everything to get magic marker off of it. So they're looking good. By the way, right. Uh, so I'm looking at your photo right now. Yeah, you de- they definitely seen some play, but that that's just that's part of the charm, man. But uh, yeah. right behind it, that looks awesome. What is that, Jason and Freddie fighting with Michael oh, Myers yeah. in the background? Yeah, Nicole got me uh, that poster for Christmas a couple years ago, and it's a play on the Incredible Hulk cover where Wolverine first appeared. Oh, no way! And instead of the Incredible Hulk, it's Jason Voorhees. Freddy Krueger is uh, Wolverine. And then Michael Myers is in the back, but they call him The Shape. Which oh, is yeah? What he- credited as originally no way and, and yeah he was called the shape what about that i and, did not know that and he and on the hulk cover on the incredible hulk cover that's actually a character called the wendigo in the oh, background yeah, wendigo yeah I've, I've, i remember uh hearing about him i don't, don't yeah. know a thing about him but i know that name yeah and, well what i thought was cool is wendigo is not a mutant he's the actual uh native american folklore or yeah native american folklore wow creature. So, yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Cool, uh, 
Uh, it's a pretty cool poster. I framed it and everything. So yeah, I caught my eye. I was like, dang, that is nice. So yeah, she got me that a couple years ago. Sweet, yeah. sweet. And then you got turtles in front of it. I mean, how cool is that? It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Of course. Of course. Well, um, and then uh, that's it for pickups. Um, and I just have a few thank yous I want to get out of the way real quick. Um, first of all, Erica Dupont. Uh, she has taken over our Twitter feed, and she's the one posting a lot of uh, you know our content on Twitter. Uh, so, Erica, I just want to thank you so much because I am not familiar with Twitter one whatsoever. I don't know hardly how to use it. I mean, I'll try to respond to some tweets that are sent to us. But, Erica, she, she's a lot more tech-savvy, it seems like. So I just wanted to thank her for, for taking that over. Uh, you know, I, I know this job doesn't come with any benefits, that's for sure. <laughs> well, like hanging out with you is the benefit, Matt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, and then uh, B.J. Hahn, um, she has been incredibly kind. She's actually a commission artist that uh, reached out to us uh, on Facebook and, and you know, had some really nice things to say about the show. We really appreciate that. Um, uh, she has her own Facebook page called Oodles of Doodles, and she does a lot of Ninja Turtle artwork, and it's awesome. So um, definitely check that out, guys. Uh, again, that's Oodles of Doodles. It's all over Facebook. She, she does a lot of Comic-Cons, does a lot of commission work. And uh, maybe she could work with Turtle Flakes in some way, maybe uh, designing some kind of logo. Maybe she could uh, do a logo for this miniseries. Yeah, maybe, yeah. The IDW Mutation Station. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, she's really cool. And then also she uh, had some kind things to say about your writing there, Josh. So there you go, man. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's uh, I'm writing the sequel uh, to uh, – for those that don't know, I wrote a fan fiction of uh, – uh, the Ninja Turtles, I call it Ninja Turtles, A Day in the Life. Um, Very good. So I'm writing the sequel right now. I actually had the first chapter put up on the website, but I had to take it down because I just wasn't happy with it. And so I put the prologue up there, and the first chapter should be coming up sometime maybe late next week. Awesome. Um, hopefully, yeah. So it's going to be called Ninja Turtles Punishment. Um, I love it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, this one's definitely harder to write. Mm -hmm. Just because the way I wrote the first one is I literally just wrote it a chapter at a time. I had no idea what was going to happen next until I sat down and wrote it. And with this story, I actually have, I know the end game. I know a couple things in the middle. I know how I want it to begin. Mm -hmm. And it's just tough figuring out how to make that work. And I've never written a sequel to anything. So it's, I'm running into the problem of how much of the last book do I uh, retell? Right. Yeah. You know, right. Which I've never, I've never had to do that before. So. Yeah, I know. Such so, is the struggle with writers, man. I, I, I feel your pain there. It's tough sometimes, and and then of course is. writer's block uh, kind of kicks in. And plus, I think the hardest thing, and I'm sure you could relate, is we're we're our own worst enemies. You know, oh, we're God, like yeah. we think, I, oh, this is terrible, when it might not yeah. necessarily be terrible. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll ask Nicole to read a bunch of stuff for me, and she'll say, "Oh, it's good." And I'll say, "Well, yeah, of course she's gonna say that." You know, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so check that out. Um, but BJ was definitely a fan of your work, man, and uh, BJ can't I, thank you enough for for all the kind words. Uh, let's see, Rob Veach. I wanted to give him a quick shout out for um, he responded to our last episode because I remember in our last episode we covered the Batman crossover issue, uh, issue one, and um, he I remember saying on the show. Oh man, I'd I'd like to know. I'm a big Batman fan, 
Um, I really, really appreciate the franchise and the movies. But for comics, I'm lost. I wouldn't know where to begin to kind of get a good story arc because there's no so many different side series. Well, he made some suggestions and said that actually the there's one particular Batman series that is about to reset. Um, I think in June, he said. So uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. And I just want to thank oh, you for uh, reaching out. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It's called yeah. They're rebooting the. Uh, it's not gonna be the new Fifty Two anymore. So yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Maybe I'll yeah. finally jump on board. Yeah, you know, I don't even follow comic books anymore. I just so it just, hard. <laughs> it's just comics nowadays, especially, and I'm not a hater, I promise, but especially from Marvel and DC, it's just so complicated now, and there's so many just like cash grab comic books, and a lot of the artwork I just can't get into because at, I'll tell you one thing: like having daughters really ruined comic books for me because oh, I sure. don't. I don't want my daughters thinking that they have to look like She-Hulk or they have to look right. like this person or that person. It's like, no, sorry, don't want to see that. Right. So. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I understand. Uh, and I, I agree with that. I, th I think, um, you know, w women in comic books, uh, you know, although they might be some strong characters, you know, they still fit that kind of uh, – not not all of them, of course. You know, nothing's absolute, but um, a lot of them kind of fit that, that kind of male – Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, perspective of what a woman should yeah exactly what they should look like it's kind of like you know all all the superheroes are showing up talking about what they're going to do in these big armored up sh suits and I know, you know look cool and then the girl the female superheroes are basically wearing bathing suits yeah yeah and it's exactly. just like you would not take that person seriously right and so I just kind of I just kind of boycott comics now for yeah. the most part just because and, and not to mention just, oh go ahead man I'm sorry oh no 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 I just don't want to see it yeah oh, right know. right oh. And not to mention, the guys make me feel bad. Jeez, they're all ripped. Must be nice. I know. <laughs> I have never been. I mean, I've been working out my entire life since I, since I was an early teenager, and I I have never, even when I was in the army, I have never looked like that. <laughs> I know. Me too. I work out in the mornings and stuff, and it's like, jeez. I, I look at a piece of pizza and I get fat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm 33 now. Yeah, I'm still it's, 29. It, it, it is just downhill. Oh, shut up. It's <laughs> just downhill from here, you know. I hear you, man. I hear you. Hey, I've got uh, about a month and a half left, and I'll be uh, I'll be in my 30s, too. It's crazy. New I'm, bracket. I'm still 29. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I still got a few more days. Oh, sweet. Well, um, and then lastly, I'll and then I'll shut up, and we can talk about the comic. Mike Blanchard, uh, I wanted to give him a, a shout-out because for two reasons. One, I noticed that um, – I think it was issue 55 of the IDW series. If you look at the digital downloaded um, copy of it, on the very front cover, at the very top, it says that something like ID, the, what IDW's done with the TMNT is some of the best things we've ever seen in TMNT comics. And it's signed by Geekcast Radio, which my buddy Mike um, hosts. So I just I was like, whoa, I know that guy, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. He's made it big time, but... Um, uh, anyways, Deviations, um, the issue we're going to be covering today, he uh, and his friend uh, have done a podcast. It's called The Pull Bag on this, this particular episode, so I'm going to go ahead and include that in the show notes. Yeah, just uh, he's he, this guy knows a lot about comics, and uh, I just he's a good friend. He, as a matter of fact, um, the GeekCast Radio Network shares Turtle Flakes, and uh, you know he's always been kind of a friend of the show. Um, we got to get him on here one day, but... Uh, yeah, I just yeah. want to give Mike a shout-out. A really cool guy. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. 
And then uh, last, last but not least is our buddy Josh Witt. He uh, got me a – it was when we went up to the Lexington Comic Con uh, for the Retro Junkies Network. He gave me this awesome, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles poster. It's, it's one like you would see at Target. Uh, it's like an Eastman sketch of, of Raphael, and it's got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles logo over it. Looks really cool. I'm going to have to go hang it up. And uh, uh, He was kind enough to do that and get me a Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles calendar. So I just wanted to thank him publicly uh, and let everyone know that Josh Witt is the man. Yeah, and thank you, Josh Witt, for uh, lending me, Rob, for the uh... – <laughs> For the podcast, I appreciate it. I, I really, I really want to talk to Josh Witt. One I know, time. I know. Jesus, I've, I've. He just seems like, and I don't know him really, but he seems like the opposite number of me. You know, it's just like <laughs> he's very calm and collective, and I don't even think that guy knows how to raise his voice above a certain octave. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've and never I seen just kind of bulldoze my way through everything on these shows. And it's just kind of, <laughs> Well, see, that's that's the beauty of it, man. That's what I love about it, and and I'd yeah. love to have us all maybe, maybe on like the big shows, uh, like where we we go back and we talk about um, the Ninja Turtle, the original Ninja Turtle comic, the original uh, cartoon episode, and a toy. Yeah. You know, for the big shows, maybe we could all get together uh, one of these days and uh, do it. You know what I still want to do is I want to do a green screen with you, Josh Witt, me, and my wife Nicole, and we just watch any like the new movie. Or, That'd be awesome. Or, or, forever, or, or we wish you a turtle Christmas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the rap rap. Man, I had no oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I finally watched that, and I got mad because my kids were making fun of it, and I was like, shut up. It's Ninja Turtle. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? You want Christmas? They're going to have to keep talking smack. <laughs> yeah, after all, I take a lot of pride when I put a gift inside of the rap rap. <laughs> All right, never mind. They were right. Uh, so. right. <laughs> Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Well, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the comic. About an oh. hour later. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> you know, it's no, so funny. It's half hour. Half hour later. Half hour. That's good for us. That's good for us because yeah. uh, Josh and I... We- we were talking about before the show. And I was like, "Man, we're gonna make them short shows. We're gonna get them focused right on the comic books." No, and we, both and I, both of us, we knew there's no way yeah. we're gonna get it under an hour. <laughs> no way. No Sorry. way. All right. Well, just to give a real brief background, so deviations is something that is kind of happening across the board for a lot of the IDW comics, and um, basically what's happening is it's it's kind of like a switch on the plot. Like if things had gone a different way. You know, what it would look like, you know, during a famous story arc of one particular series. So I know Ghostbusters did one. I think Transformers did one. And, of course, the Ninja Turtles have done one. And yeah, it's five books altogether that did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is pretty crazy. And I love the idea. I think that's a cool idea. Like, hey, here's where it could have went. And I wonder if at one point, you know, this was their original idea. You know, Tom Waltz and Bobby Kernow to, to do it this way. And they were like, yeah. no, that's too different. That's too, that's too wild. Because I, th- I think you're on to something there, yeah. Because they, in the last page of the book, they mentioned, it's like an interview with the author. They actually mentioned that the reason we chose this moment was because it, we, this was the original intent, but mm-hmm. it was way too dark. Right, so, right. So way they too said, dark. No, we'll just do one turtle instead of all four. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'll tell you what, uh, the, the City Falls saga, um, that story arc, so far has been my favorite. Um, because it was just, and, and I like, I think I read that same thing Bobby Kernow said. He, he felt like this is where they really hit their stride as writers and yeah. what this series could become. And I agree with that because 
I'm guessing that was around the issue 20 mark or something like that. Somewhere where, around there, yeah. This is where I started reading the uh, IDW series with right. City Fall. Right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this, this story um, was written by Bobby Kernell, Tom Waltz, and Kevin Eastman. The uh, script was done by Tom Waltz. Uh, the art was done by Zach Howard, which I cannot wait to talk about the art. Um, uh, additional art done by Corey Smith, and the ink was done by uh, Joylyn Yates. Colors by Rhonda Patterson, of course. I think she's done just about every uh, issue with the coloring. Uh, letters done by Sean Lee, and of course, Bobby Kernow is the editor. So, um, here's the way the City Fall saga actually did end, like the real ca uh, canical ending. So, here it is. <clears throat> what really happened? Shredder longs for little more than to inflict the ultimate pain on his old enemy, Splinter. To that end, he captured Casey Jones to lure the turtles into a trap. After seeing Casey stabbed in the gut by Shredder, Raphael goes berserk. In the resulting chaos, Leonardo is captured by the foot and brainwashed by the shape-changing immortal known as Kitsune. From there, Leo's family struggles to save him before the corruption of his mind is complete. Now, imagine if things had happened a little bit differently. Imagine if Shredder killed Casey, and the resulting chaos enabled all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to be captured and brainwashed. Would there be any hope for him? For New York City. So this is basically what happens. Uh, or what could happen. So first of all, you want to talk about the first page? Because it gets crazy right off the bat. Right out the gate, yeah. This is this is exactly... I think this first page is just kind of the mission statement of this story. Because this is a what-if storyline. And mm -hmm. with the reason I love what-if storylines is you can just do anything. Yeah. You just go crazy with them. And the first thing you see is just Splinter just having the worst day of his life yeah. you know it's just, he really is and he's fun he gets i presumably he gets pushed out of a fire escape building fire escape and lands in the alleyway below and he's being you think i thought he was being chased by old hob yeah you know i did too because that that's the first the the second panel you see you see splinter against like this this fire escape right here and uh uh, he, you know, his, his back's against the wall. Then the next cut, you see old Hob. And by the way, the artwork, I, I love the grittiness. It feels like a Kevin Eastman-drawn comic. You know what? It does. Yeah, and, and by the way, very violent. My goodness, like the second panel, you've got, I'm, I'm assuming that's blood all over old Hob's face. Oh, yeah. You know? So, and he's, he's kind of watching all this from above, but you realize that um, the turtles are the ones actually chasing Splinter, which is a crazy yeah. concept. Yeah, and I mean, you really believe that like Hob has been just from the look of it. You really believe that Hob got, ran through the ringer, and you find out later that he did. He you, he was interrogated by the turtles. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, I kind of forgot that old Hob during this story arc, I think was was actually a good guy at this point, and I I don't know if was that the case because like later on, you, there's a twist because at first yeah. you think old Hob's after him because remember he wants to witness the turtles kill or or at least hurt splinter or it seems that yeah. way well i mean at, i think at this point in the comic it's been so long since i read it now i want to read it again but um i think at this point old hob was more into looking out for number one he was yeah. into looking out for himself mm -hmm. if the turtles helped him great if the foot clan helped him fine you know but he was going to make sure he had the protection at the end of the day you know so that that was him, and and plus, I don't think he's ever liked Splinter. 
I don't think him and Splinter have ever gotten along. They work together fine, but they, they don't like each other at all. Oh, yeah, and ever since the eye incidents, I mean, you know, you got to think, uh, old Hob, you know, that, that's still got to, you know, leave a mark in a way. So. Yeah, and you know what? Old Hob is a great villain purely because I cannot stand him. Oh, see, I, I love him. That's the greatest yeah. part. <laughs> oh, no, see, yeah, he's a great villain because I don't like – it's like I don't like you. I know you're you're just a bunch of words I can't say on a family-friendly podcast, <laughs> but that and I almost messed up. Sorry. But oh, no, that was I, good. That was I, good. I didn't even hear it. I don't like that guy, and I know he is going to try to pull one over on anybody. It's why – uh, when you know he's leading the Mutanimals at mm-hmm. one point, or still is, I'm thinking, man, this he's gonna turn, this isn't gonna go well. And I was right. We'll find out in the later podcast, but I yeah. was right. Yeah, <laughs> you know that that's that thing about them. Like I love villains that you think they're finally good, and then you realize that they've been faking all along. You know, yeah. and I I love that. And now old Hobbs, he's a very dynamic character in that way. So in in this issue, the the beginning of it. The turtles are—they've got Splinter surrounded, and they've—they've they've slashed him. Uh, you know, Splinter's been um, really banged up. And Old Hob says um, something like, "There's only one catch, though. If you want to get the rat, you gotta take me with you. I mean, yeah. fair's fair, right? Uh, I give you the rat, and you let me enjoy the carnage. Win-win." So he's—he's he's at the top of this building. He's watching the turtles beat the snot out of poor Splinter. Yeah. And uh, and I hate it, but uh, there's one particular scene where Splinter tries to defend himself, and you can tell he's trying to hold back because those are his sons that he's fighting. Kids, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to, but he, you know, it's either that or die. And of course, the turtles at this point cannot be reasoned with because they're still under Kitsune's spell. And uh, there's even one scene I thought that paid tribute to the movie where uh, Leonardo slashes uh, Splinter's ear. You know, um, oh, really? yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think at the bottom right panel of um, page three or four. Yeah, uh, Leonardo slashes at Splinter's ear and doesn't really show the whole oh, ear was cut off. But I'm thinking, does. yeah, I'm thinking that's what Shredder did. Um, I did not notice that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little nod to the movie right there. So uh, and then eventually they, they take Splinter with them, you know, and Splinter yeah. tries to defend himself. But he's just overpowered by his sons. Basically, if you wanted to explain this uh this comic in a nutshell yeah. to anyone who hasn't read it yet is just imagine if all four Ninja Turtles were all Raphael's. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the show that that's, that's this comic. They're all just mean people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. And they're almost joking as they're beating, you know, Splinter up and poor Splinter. Oh, you see him almost like... crying, you know, in several yeah. shots, you know, yeah. and I, that's where I think the artwork's so great because even during the fight scenes, you see this almost kind of, sad desperation on Splinter's face like there's you know I I don't want to I don't want to kill my sons but I want to survive you know yeah he's he's terrified of what's happening because he just can't believe that he can't reach his kids yeah you know? yeah there's no reason I, I would argue that he doesn't throughout the entire the entirety of the issue right right and there's even one uh, particular panel at the, where they chase him down uh, the alleyway mm-hmm. and finally I let's see what what is it there's one powerful line I think it was either Leonardo or Michelangelo said it, where he basically says, "We are not your sons," and yeah. you just see the next panel. You just see you know a tear just drop down Splinter's eye, and like, oh man, that's that's tough, man, that's tough. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's he, a turtle comic, but still, Michelangelo says that. Michelangelo and of all of them. Michelangelo says it, and right when he right after he says it, he knocks Splinter unconscious. Yeah. 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 And you drag him back to Shredder. Yeah. Spoilers. No. Right. Right. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, so basically they take um, Splinter back to the lair, and Splinter is just a ragdoll. I mean, he's, he's, he's knocked out, and the, the turtles are carrying him in, and Leonardo, or no, it's not Leo, I guess it's, um, let's see, I'm guessing that's Donatello. He goes, party time, and he just throws Splinter down in front of Shredder. Oh, that's Michelangelo again. Oh, is it? Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like this Michelangelo. <laughs> man, I got to tell you what, though, man. This is, oh, man. I love this comic just because, like, this is this is just, like, the best version of the Turtles I've ever seen in my life. This really is. Just really? Because, what? Yeah, I know. I love, I know, not because they're bad guys, but because these are, um, not, not to toot my own horn, but these are kind of the turtles that I write where they're just at that point where it's just like they've been doing this for so long that this is just like this is just who they are. And in this version of the turtles, they're just chaotic. So it's just like this is this is what they do. This is them doing their job. And Michelangelo is he's always he I love how he kept his personality. You know, because he's just like, even though, yeah, he's probably going to take a pair of pliers to Splinter, but he's like, party time, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's that, that makes that makes it even creepier. To, to, I know, but I don't know why. This is just like my favorite new fav new favorite version of the uh, uh, turtles here. I mean, they, they aren't replacing anybody for me, but I just I'm just in shock of seeing this issue. And you got to think, you know, with Donatello's brain too. I mean, you know, he's still very very smart, a very cerebral guy. Now he can come yeah. up with evil ways, you know, very, very technologically evil ways to, to torture people. I mean, if he was working for Shredder, you know? Yeah, that's the guy that you get to interrogate people. Right. You know? oh, either that, yeah, or, or Raphael. I mean, he's already a loose cannon anyway. Now, no mercy whatsoever. There, there, was a lot, there was little in him in the first place, but now it's like, oh, man. And it is kind of cool to see Leonardo. You get the impression. I don't know if they explicitly say it, but you get the impression to where, like, Raphael is just the berserker and at this point, Leonardo's just kind of like, yeah, go for it, man. You know, just finally you don't have him say, no, you got to control yourself. It's kind of like, just let the dog off his leash sometimes. And now all four of them are just un unhinged. Right, right. And you know what? I noticed something about Leo in this issue. He doesn't say much. He does not no, say much. No. It's like they just quietly follow him, you know? Yeah. Whereas before, as a leader, when he was a good guy, you know, a lot of times he struggled with security issues, you know, am I a good leader? Now it's like he knows he's a good leader, and all yeah. the other turtles know it, and they just follow him, and, and Leo lets them do their thing. It is kind of like, you know, if you wanted, like, an analogs for these people, like, in this issue, like, Leonardo was just Batman. You know, Donatello was kind of like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Raphael is Wolverine, mm -hmm. and Michelangelo is, I don't know, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, or Joker. Yeah, Joker, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're just, they're all just unhinged. And I love how, like, they still hit the characters to a T, because Leonardo is, famously, Leonardo is stoic. He oh, is yeah. quiet. Very he, stoic. He always was. He's he's very much an internal person. Mm-hmm. Donatello, like you said, Donatello is very cerebral. Michelangelo is hilarious, regardless of the situation. Mm -hmm. And Raphael is a berserker, you mm -hmm. know? I agree so with that. They, yeah, definitely. They really hit those characters perfectly. Yeah, even though they're completely evil now, you know, they've got the devil horns now, but their personality, their personalities have not changed in that sense. So. Yeah, and I love their, I love their design. I love the armor the armored version of the turtles in this where they got the mass over the bottoms and the top of the face. And right. You yeah. got the armored shoulder pads and wrists and gloves and boots and everything. I really like that. Right. But they're not like ridiculously big. No, they don't look like, you know, 
X Force or anything like right. that. But, yeah. <laughs> It looks like a Rob Liefeld comic or anything. Right, like exactly, so. exactly. Yeah, uh, and then uh, what I find interesting is so they they drop Splinter in front of um, Shredder and Kitsune, and uh, you have Alapex and um, Karai kind of in the background watching all this unfold, and the, Karai is just like, I can't believe this. And she says something really interesting. She says they've traded. Um, she says, okay, look how they degrade the honor of the Foot Clan, undisciplined and disrespectful in all that they do. So even mm-hmm. though Karai, you could argue that the Foot Clan is this evil clan and stuff, Karai thinks there's some honor in what they do. And now the way the turtles fight and the way she sees how mercilessly they fight and, and how, yeah. uh, how brazen they are, she's just like, look what, look what our clan's being disgraced. And I don't think it's jealousy. I think she just she has a lot of honor and pride in um, the clan. Uh, she thought not only the, the Foot Clan was above that, she thought the turtles was, were above that. Yeah. You know, and I, I really like that really gives you just with very few words because and they had to find a way because they've only got one issue with very few words. You get so much of Karai's character. I mean, like, I still don't think Karai dislikes the turtles. I mean, it's just her job to take them out. Yeah. You know, but uh, she's she is disgusted with what the turtles have become. I mean, like, it's kind of like, you know, the the greater of two evils there. You know, mm-hmm. that's true. That is true. And, uh, you know, of course, she's been demoted, I guess, to just a normal foot soldier. And, yeah. uh, you know, she was originally Shredder's Chunin, you know, so now yeah. the turtles are. So she's she's talking to Alpex about this and she says, things are going to change. Things are changing. Whose side are you going to be on? And Alpex is just kind of you can see him in the middle or her in the middle, you know, like mm-hmm. because she's neutral. Yeah. yeah she, well, she's, she's kind of going through an internal conflict because in I think it was the Alpex miniseries, Alpex witnessed Shredder murder an innocent family for for no particular reason. And that's where Alpex starts realizing, you know what, Shredder's not just trying to take over the city, you know, it, it, and have the Foot Clan prosper. He's just flat out evil, you know, and, yeah. and cruel and, and will kill anybody who crosses his path, even if it's, you know, even if they're not a threat. So that's her leader. Yeah, and and I mean... I really like Shredder in this series because I do too. He's so menacing. They kind of pull the the rug out from under you because for the longest time in the series, maybe I, maybe I just need to read books twice mm-hmm. just to get all <laughs> the layers because there's a lot of layers in these stories. Um, I kind of thought that Shredder was an incredibly honorable person, and then like you just said, he just slaughtered family. It was just like, oh okay, is this a dude at the end of his rope, or? Is he just, I mean, if you're an immortal, basically, would you care any more about honor, you know? Yeah, almost toward the end. And this is a tribute to Tom Waltz and Bobby Curnow and all the writers of the series. Toward the end, you almost respect Shredder. You know, when he meets his demise in issue 50, spoiler alert, I should have said that before. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, he, you almost, I don't feel bad for him, but you almost understand yeah. that he wants to at least, as, as, sinful and as as wicked as he's been all his life he realizes he's been defeated and he wants a a honorable death you know if if there is such a thing if such a thing can happen to him and i'm like man that's a different side of shredder we're we're not quite used to and yeah and i was secretly hoping because because yeah they they do the whole honorable the seppuku they do the honorable death thing um, I was kind of hoping that Splinter would just be like, I'm not going to kill you. Let's give you a second chance at life. Because that would you be cool. Realize that you're not 
a bad if you if you realize that you veered off the path that you originally went down, you can always get back. And I love I love when it goes back to you know this is an issue I think issue fifty where it goes back yeah. to them as children, you know yeah. talking and they're they're both friends at that point and you know of course mm-hmm. they go very very different directions in life but uh, you know it goes all the way back full circle back to their childhood and stuff and uh, right so before he's killed ninja. yeah right right. All right, so uh, so anyway, so we get back to the story here, and the next panel or the next um, scene we get, where we break away from Alpex and Karai talking, is uh, Old Hun. He's he's uh, in the bar, and I love this scene. This is probably my favorite page in the comic here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why is it your favorite? I, I'd like to see oh, it's the well, same reason. See, I really love what they did with Casey in this series so far. And now they're getting to the point where, I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything, but now he's kind of losing control of himself a little bit. I was like, oh, man, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. But the thing with his dad, because um, everybody, not to get too personal here, everybody knows somebody with um, a parent that's got kind of a dark side that you just kind of deal with, you know. And for Casey's dad, Hun was a, or what was his name? Uh, Arnold? Is it Arnie? Art? Let me let me double check real quick. Uh, Arnie, 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 Arnie. It is Arnie. Yeah, um, that's a nice reference to the Mirage series where Casey Jones's first name was Arnold. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah, he liked to be called by his middle name, Casey. You know, I wonder if they did that on purpose. You know, with with uh, the Casey Jones thing. I remember he was really into cop dramas and and things. And I wonder if that was like a little tribute to Arnold Schwarzenegger in a way. You know, all the action movies. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no worries. Um, I really like Arnold or Arnie in this uh, pun in this uh, issue, particularly because I I didn't really, and I still don't, I don't really buy the transition from Casey's dad, deadbeat dad, to just Hun because it happens literally in one issue where you see Arnold or Arnie, and he's like six foot, about two hundred twenty five pounds, a little bit of beer gut on him. And they did a great transition where he just got really ticked off because his son was in the hospital and he started punching himself and tearing up his shirt. And you saw the big purple dragon tattoo. Yeah. His back. And I was like, that is amazing. That's an amazing scene. And then the next issue, he's like seven foot tall, (laughs) pounds, no body fat. And it's like, no, man, you skip some levels. Yeah. (laughs) He must work out. Is he man? He like stopped time and took a year to power lift. But right. anyway, I digress. <laughs> but uh, in this one, you still see he is just the average Joe. Maybe a little bit beefier than most of us, but he is that average guy. Really likes his beer, but he knows how to fight, and he's got resources to take to take revenge for his son dying. He th- and he th- the first thing he does is he's like, I don't want. He says to his friends at the bar when they say we're sorry and they give a toast to Casey and he says, I don't want your sympathy and I don't want your booze. And he throws the, the whiskey bottle away. Oh, I love it. Says, I want revenge. And I was like, that's so cool. That's how I wish they would have done that in the main series and not made hun, you know, just Casey's dad. You know? Yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree because there, there's, I always like villains that aren't quite villains. And I don't even know if we would put Hun in the villain category, especially not this issue, because, you know, he's got some mistakes, he's got some flaws, 
I think he realizes that he's he screwed up a lot. And Casey, and it kind of the same dynamic with Casey. You know, Casey looks at his dad, and there's there's part of him that still you can tell still loves him. You know, that's my dad. You know, I, I can't I can't hate him. I hate his ways. I hate it when he drinks, but uh, that's still my dad. Well, here Han is. He's sitting in the bar, and guess what? He still obviously loves his son. I mean, he's holding his son's bloody mask, which is a cool shot. Uh, and he's just looking down at it, and uh, you know he's almost talking to it. At once, uh, one scene, he actually says like, "Oh, Casey," and then everyone, yeah. you know, like you like you described, everyone's trying to raise a toast to to uh, Casey, and he's like, "I don't want your toast. I don't want your sympathy. I don't want any of that. I want revenge." And he storms out, and I love that because it's almost like he makes a choice: no more alcohol, no more feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, it's time to take action. It's time to do something. Yeah, those those other guys in the bar are just like, "Yeah, I'll fight too." Let's. Start fight. Yeah. yeah. Now I wonder if were those guys members of the Purple Dragons? You think they've got to be? Yeah. I mean, they obviously know them. They know Casey. I mean, they're gonna fight to the death for him. Yeah. 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 So, and by the way, just the artwork. I love the the sketch of the bar. I mean, this is um, what's his name? Uh, Howard. Zach Howard. Awesome mm-hmm. job in this issue. I love the grittiness of this issue so much, and um, that that bar scene is actually probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire book. Yeah, very much a, a very, very realistic, very realistic take on these characters. Oh, definitely. And it it I think what makes it, you know, comic booky uh, is just the use of color because they use very vibrant yeah. color, heavy shadow, heavy shading, but just uh, the vibrant use of color really makes this okay. Obviously, this isn't real, but if this were a black and white Mirage comic, it would have just been like, man, this is. This is a heavy story, so it's almost too grim and too gritty, and the use of color saves it. Right, so. absolutely. absolutely. I, but, I agree with that. So going, going back to Shredder's um, headquarters, so the Turtles mm-hmm. report, they're talking about all the clans they've beaten up uh, and taken care of, and pretty much the Foot Clan is ruling New York City, which was Shredder's vision. And then he's like, there's only one more thing we have left to do. Uh and and he walks over, grabs his katana, and he's about to pretty much behead um, Splinter. Yeah. And I remember when I first read this, like, they better not do this. They better not do this. Because <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of the way things went down in issue 50, and wouldn't that be crazy if, you know, that happened here? And I'm like, no, no, don't do this. Don't kill him. And then sure enough, at the very, very last second, who shows up? Oh, uh, man, this, this honestly surprised me because I was waiting for uh... – uh, Hunt to show up, but it's Old Hob and Slash. I love Old that. Hob and the Incredible Hulk, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I love that. I love that. So at the very last second, right before he's about to swing his uh, sword down, Old Hob shows up and blasts him. And then of course, uh, here comes Slash, just barreling through, crushing through walls. And, and what's hilarious is this is dumb Slash. Yeah. This is, this is just raw instinct slash. This isn't, you know, booklet and slash. As as much as I love slash, I love dumb slash. <laughs> just because just because he's like, I'm gonna you know, he's yelling candy bar and punching <laughs> out foot plan. Pizza, Mikey good, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and it's great. So so you got those yeah. two storming in there, you know, guns blazing and everything. I love I love old Hob and uh, you know, he might not be the greatest fighter, but the guy's tough. You know, the guy is battle hardened and you know, he's got his guns. I mean, whereas Slash is just you know, the the 
um, physical the prowess. Muscle. Yeah, the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess you could say Old Hob has the arsenal. You know, so that's one thing I really love about Old Hob is he's he looks at you know fist fighting as a waste of time because yeah. why would you waste your time doing that? I've got a shotgun. Yeah, just give me my gun. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm gonna win. You know, that's what I love about Old Hob. It's just like he's just he is the dirtiest fighter in the room. Oh yeah, which is what makes him dangerous. That's what I do like about him. Uh, me too. Me too. He's a sneak. Um, yeah. And then meanwhile, it's a cat. You know. That's right. Stupid cats. <laughs> it's almost catastrophic. Uh, uh, see what I did there? <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't quit terrible. your day job. Man. I know. I know it. So uh, anyway, so there's this huge. <laughs> Uh, there's this huge, uh, like, kind of, I guess it's like an inner monologue between uh, Kitsune and uh, Splinter at this point. You know, so Old Hob and Slash, they're uh, fighting the turtles and everything. And Kitsune's like, you really think this motley crew is going to save you from your demise? You know, she's, like, getting in Splinter's head. Yeah. And uh, Splinter's just like, I don't care. I'm just here to save my sons. I don't care yeah. if I live. I just want to save my sons. And then guess who comes barging in? The Purple Dragons. The Purple Dragons come in, yep. And I love this. For Casey. Yeah, they all shout for Casey. So, you know, you got the Purple Dragons. You got Old Hob, you know, who at the very beginning of this issue is like, you think he's an evil guy. They're in there. They're fighting. So now we have an epic battle going on in Shredder's headquarters. So things get crazy. Guns are blazing. In a very small area, too. You got this huge gunfight in a small area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't realize how small it is until one of the last panels. Um, And and we'll discuss that. It's a powerful panel. So, yeah. Oh, and then also uh, Karai and Alpex, they finally take a stand against Shredder. I guess they look at uh, Old Hob and everybody, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, I guess they're all attacking Shredder. I guess, you know, here's our chance. So they do it. Yeah, and this this was the point of the book where I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Did, did, they, you, see, just... did you see this coming? Because I didn't. Not, not Karai and Alplex. No, we, we should just say what happens. Like, Karai and Alplex attack. Shredder, they tag team him, and Shredder's just like, I got this, and stabs Karai and runs Alaplex through with his sword, and or the other way around, and kills them both, just straight up, just gangster style, just murdered them. And I, I really was, I was really surprised because, you know, I mean, that's, that is Shredder's granddaughter, yeah. Karai is. You know, it's just like, man, he is, he has lost it, just yeah. because... He's going to kill his family. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. And, uh, yeah, and they, they try to – like what I was hoping for, and I, this is just me uh, being stupid, but uh, I always hope for, like, that they can get at least one good lick at him before they're killed, you know? It's like – and I was hoping because, you know, Karai's she's a force to be reckoned with. She's no weakling. And Alapex obviously knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was, I was just hoping that maybe Alapex could, like, scratch Shredder's face or knock his mask off or something. And maybe Karai could, I don't know, stab his arm. So just one little shot before, before, you know, Shredder gets the upper hand and kills them both. But no, yeah. Karai charges at Shredder, and Shredder just kicks her aside. Alapex charges, uh, tries to bite um, his arm, and he just, like, throws her. And then they both charge again at the same time, and this time Shredder stabs, uh, like you said, stabs Karai uh, with the sword, and then with his like claws, uh, stabs uh, Alapex. You know, both of them are, are dead, just kind of hanging there in his grasp. 
Yeah, and it's really I think Alaplex gets it the worst because Ugh. if you really look at the if you look at the panel, he stabbed Alaplex through the throat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in her throat out the back of her neck. I'm just thinking, Oh Ugh. my god. jeez, yeah. Because I always felt I, I like Alaplex uh yeah. because she's just like she's not like the classically trained ninja fighter type character. She's more of a street fighter. Mm-hmm. Goes on instinct. Really enjoy that dynamic with her and Karai. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, she just she wasn't ready for the shredder. She'll probably never be ready. Well, not now, but right. I mean, <laughs> probably never be ready for him. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And I was just like, dang, man, that that just goes to show you how powerful Shredder really is. You know, he is a force to be reckoned with. So he just kills both of them right away. He inflicts maximum damage with the least amount of effort. Yeah, you know, nah, that's, good that's, good point. That's just how much of a master he is. I mean, he's been living for hundreds of years. Of course, he's going to know how to do stuff like that. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Kitsune and, and um, uh, Splinter are having some kind of battle together. Uh, I don't know if that's just in their dreams or if this has happened in real life. Yeah, they're uh, the Dream Warriors, man. Yeah. The Dream Warriors. Oh, there you go. Nice uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this makes me sad right here. Uh, the next panel... Um, Raphael kills old Hob. All right, he throws. No, I was bl- sad. <laughs> oh, were you not? Oh, see, I was. No, I was like, man, take him down. No, no, see, the, but to the, take down old Hob. There was yeah. there was a line old Hob says that is one of my favorite favorite lines of the book. One probably my favorite scene is the one with um, the bar scene, but my favorite line comes from old Hob. And um, so, anyways, you know, Rath throws a sigh. It catches old Hob right in the chest, and. Um, Old Hob says, it's okay, you know, Slash is cradling him, he's crying, he's like, no, this can't be happening. Yeah. And uh, Old Hob just says, you know, that's okay, big fella. I had that one coming for a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's like, even then, it's like, you know, I deserve this. You know what, I was given a lot of borrowed time, but I knew yeah. this was coming sooner or later. He acknowledges that he messed up. Yeah, well, he he's not dumb enough to think he's going to die of old age. He's going to die in a fight. Yeah, and you know he's and it's gonna go very badly for him. So yeah, so he's down. So boom, you know, huge, huge leaders gone now, and mm. uh, and then again, Kitsune and uh, uh, Splinter they're they're battling uh, to the death there, and finally, Splinter, what happens? Did he did he kill Kitsune in the dream world or in the the, the space between spaces where uh, Kitsune? Uh, by the way, I'm very happy to know that I've been pronouncing Kinsune's name correctly. Either this whole that or we're both wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I I really like how you know they're fighting in the dream realm, and she's got her claws on Splinter. She he's biting him to death basically, and then he see Splinter sees Tang Shen. Oh, that's right. That's right. Tang Shen shows up. Yeah, and that's his that's his Adrian moment. <laughs> Adrian, and just I did stabs. It stabs uh kitsune in the stabs her in the ear with yeah, a katana. Yeah, I know. It's just like that's that's a bad way to go, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's And then bad. in the real world she just drops dead. Yeah. Out, you know. And Shredder is devastated. Now, was there some kind of romantic thing between those two? Are they re- or are they related somehow or I think that uh he I don't know specifically, but I, I don't know if there's an actual relationship there. But I mean, you know, he cares deeply for her. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Whether it's whether because I mean, I think they say at one point like she's a witch. He wanted her as a weapon, 
Mm-hmm. And, but just somewhere along the way, they both develop feelings, you know, yeah. whatever they may be, not necessarily romantically. Well, you both got to think, or you got to think that they're both almost immortal, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Shredder's been around hundreds of years. She's a witch. She's been around for hundreds of years, you know, so you, you're around somebody for a hundred years, uh, you know, you're going to get a little attached. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to like him a little bit, yeah. She's legitimately immortal, though, right? She's part of the Pantheon. I think so. I think so. And uh, she's Rat King's sister. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but Shredder is immortal from the mutagen, right? He takes a little bit of mutagen every other year. And it yeah. Makes him young, keeps him young. I, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Somehow it has a, kind of a different effect on him. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, obviously. But, yeah, the, the issue keeps going on, and Shredder's distraught, and then the turtles are fighting Slash. And I really like how they're fighting Slash because they don't seem to care that he's nine feet tall. Yeah, they go straight at him, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I mean, they even say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Oh, yeah. And granted, he's throw, he's still throwing them around, though. You know, he's got, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, Raphael on his clutches, and, then, you know, he is mad because Raph's the one who killed Hob. And he just yeah. throws him down like a ragdoll. And then finally, when you realize that Kitsune's dead, you know, the spell from the turtles kind of finally breaks. And mm-hmm. they're all like, Wait, where are we? What, what just happened? And, uh, and then that's where, you know, the tides turn a little bit. Now, I thought this was a crazy scene. So um, Shredder, he is going berserk. And he yeah. is like, enough of this, enough of this. And he's about to kill, oh gosh, uh, Splinter. He's about to take Splinter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Arnie shows up. Uh, Han shows up. Whacks him across the head with uh, Casey's old hockey stick. And yeah. then he gets a shotgun. Um, now, Arnie must have been shot or something. Something must have happened to him because he blows away Shredder. He he does, yeah. but then he just falls over, and he dies. Yeah, if you look at him, he's got blood all over his face. He's got uh, bullet wounds in his legs. His clothes are torn uh, off. So he yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, that's, that is just like the most Charles Bronson moment I've ever seen in this comic where like he's just got Shredder on the ground, and he's pointing a shotgun at him, and Shredder's like, who are you? Right. And, uh, he's like, oh, my God, who are you? And... Uh, <laughs> He's like, my name's Arnold Jones, and you killed my boy. Bang! And I was just thinking, that is that is powerful. Oh that yeah, cool. oh yeah, yeah. That that is pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah, I didn't catch the dialogue at first. That's that makes it even better. And you know, he just falls over, and he he he. You know, finally, with his last bit of strength, he kills Shredder, and then he dies, which I thought was so powerful. I'd like to apologize uh, for my Shredder impression. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, he turned into Martin Short. Just, Who are you? <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, after that, one of the most powerful scenes because Splinter, I guess, maybe Kitsune had hit him or stabbed him. I don't know who had delivered the lethal blow, but Splinter, oh, it was, you know. It was Kitsune. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, in the dream world, she's chomping on him. I know. noticed that. Yeah, geez, crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is the part of the book. This kind of ruins the book for me. This Oh, last. see, I love this scene. All right, well, th- please tell me why. It's got nothing to do with The scene is so powerful, and oh, it's yeah. so good. And I am so mad that there's not going to be a second issue. Oh, so one of the – okay. So it's yeah. not that there's 
necessarily anything wrong with it. You just want to no, know I what love happens next. This story, it's just it's so good. I want to see an issue too. I want to see deviations too. Where oh, now you got these turtles that are just now they're all mentally messed up, and all, pretty much all of their friends except for April, they're all dead. It's like, what they do, and uh, Splinter even says, "You have your freedom. What will you do?" Oh, my favorite one of my favorite lines. Yeah, it's just what will you do? And I was like, I I don't know. What are they gonna do, dude? Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, right. And that's how, yeah. So you know, the top panel of the last page, the turtles they gather around. They're like, "What happened? Oh my god, what happened?" And uh, they gather around Splinter, who's who's dying in front of them. And then uh, Splinter says, "You were lost, my beloved sons, but now you are found." I go now to be with your mother. She awaits me just as freedom awaits you. And then like you said, powerful line, his last line, or second to last line, what will you do with such a responsibility, my children? What will you do? And yeah. then that's where you look around. Oh, and, and by the way, a tear comes rolling down his eyes. And you look around, and you see the carnage, and you realize this was a very, very tiny space. You know, this yeah. is just one room where all this carnage happened. You look around, you got Shredder, all the purple dragons, all the foot soldiers, dead. You got old uh, Slash holding old Hob, Alapex, Karai, they're all dead. And in the middle, you've got four turtles huddled around, you know, Splinter, who has, has just passed away. And, and that is it. The end. I was very I was very happy to see that Slash lived, because I, I love yeah. Slash. You know, I just, I love him. So I was very happy to see that he was alive. But, yeah, just this issue, man. If they... Man, if they could ever make a cartoon of this, you know, this is what they need to make. You know, a Ninja Turtles animated movie. Oh, yeah. They oh. need to make this, you know. It'd be tough, man. It, you know it'd be a, a really, really depressing series. At least it would start out that way. Because, you know, the, yeah. the Turtles, under you know, against their own will, kill their father. You know, they are not yeah. going to respond well. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of your story. You know, and I, you know, I don't want to give me spoils away, but something pretty dramatic happens, and and in your story, the turtles need to deal with it, and they deal with it in very, very different ways. Um, you can you can go ahead and spoil it. I mean, everybody that listens to this show that's going to read it has read it already. <laughs> well, it's fine. Um, well, you know, uh, Splinter, um, he he dies in in your yeah, Splinter's series. murdered in front of the turtles. Yeah, right, and and a very very well written. Issue by the way, that was my favorite one, and uh, no, I loved it. I loved it, man. I really did. Thank you. Uh, And uh, you know, and then the next issue, you see Michelangelo just completely. Is he the one that took off? No, Leonardo took off. Leonardo took off. Okay, and And, yeah, the new storyline is really gonna at at least the first couple of chapters. It's really gonna delve into how everybody has changed by seeing Splinter killed. Right, and and that see that kind of reminds me of how. Maybe this one would pick up, you know, how, how would they respond? Like you said, you know, this is going to mess with them for the rest of their lives and it might change their personalities and the way they respond to certain situations for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And that, that scene, that, that Splinter dying, that scene was so hard for me to write. It took me, it took me no joke. It took me four hours to write that chapter. Yeah. Just because I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, it's a beloved and character. there's some stuff coming, there's some stuff coming up that I just, I don't want it to happen but it's gonna happen yeah and it's just it's just because these are characters that i just i love so much and reading this story it's just like splinter's not supposed to die no you know he's not supposed to and the turtles are not supposed to be this dark they're not supposed to be evil no but they well i'll never forget um 
I, I guess I can go ahead. I hope this doesn't really ruin anything for you, but um, in the fourth volume, you know, like uh, the, the whole premise of the fourth volume is the turtles are older. Uh, yeah. In their 30s, I would say. They're in their um, 30s. Huh? Yeah, and uh, Splinter dies of a natural death in, in, that, uh, in that series. Great. Oh, my gosh. But I'll, the reason it made such an impact on me um, was that was kind of like my resurgence back into the Turtles because I'd been out of the Turtles for a while. So when I finally started getting back into the Turtles, the comics and everything, and kind of had a new understanding of this whole other universe of Turtle stuff, I'm reading it, and in my head, I'm like, this can't happen. This is Splinter. This can't, you can't kill off Splinter. You can't do yeah. that. You know, you just can't. He's been yeah. around since my childhood. You can't do it. And, he, and Peter Laird did it, and it was a beautiful issue. Um, it was a tearjerker issue. I mean, stuff like this, when you have a beloved character like that, finally gone, and you know they're not coming back. It's powerful, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to accept. Now, and I'm, in a way, I'm thankful this is just well, you know, a one-off, but uh, you, know, I, I'm, I, you know what's going to happen. IDW will kill Splinter, and it's going to be tough, you know? Yeah, I think I think they're testing the waters with this. Yeah. I think they want to see how popular this is going to be. And then, I mean, like when we, uh, a couple of months ago, when we interviewed Kevin Eastman, yeah. uh, he was talking about how him and the writers have already figured out the next 100 issues. I know, I know. Of so, the series, I'm thinking, holy God, what are you going to do, man? It's just You think about how many dramatic moments have already happened. You know, you yeah. know they're going to mess, they're, they're going to kill off some characters, and I'm not going to, it's going to be tough to accept. <laughs> well, just seeing what they're doing now with Casey, like, and, yeah. in the latest issue, Casey goes nuts on a dude who missed a garbage can throwing a can of pop in there. Right. And you he just seeing beat him. the guy up. Yeah. And she's like, you littered, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, Casey, calm down. Yeah. You need to calm down. Yeah, yeah I know that there, you're seeing a sign to him, and you can kind of see it going a certain direction. You're, you're a little kind of nervous, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but hey, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It, it, it makes it changing it up like that. You know what? It's, I don't know if it's necessarily – a bad thing. Uh, it's just it's tough to accept, you know. It's it's a necessity. You need to change things. This is, I mean, it's the argument of why does this? I mean, like, have you seen Batman v Superman? Uh, no, no, I've not okay. seen. Okay, well, you should see it. It's good. Everybody cried foul because Batman is so different in that movie than he's been shown in any other movie. He is very, like Batman kills in that movie a couple of times, hmm. and. I'm thinking to myself, and people are just complaining about it, and I'm thinking to myself, no, that has to happen because if you just keep making a film or just keep making a comic or a novel series of just this one character who never deviates from this certain thing, that's a boring character. And that's particularly why I don't read really read that many comics anymore because Batman is... I'm not harping on him, I'm sorry, but like Batman is kind of a meme of himself now. It's just like Batman is just a one-dimensional character now because, you know, he's just, I am the knight, I never kill, and I will, but I will put anyone in the hospital that comes after me. <laughs> and it's just, he never deviates from that. And with this issue, I, I get it, it's a what-if storyline. Yeah. But I think they're testing the waters with this, and like, I... Probably not this year, but next year's comics, you're going to really see the deviations uh, uh, from the status quo now. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, at the end of issue 50, spoilers, Michelangelo leaves, he joins the Mutanimals, 
and he finds out something about the Mutanimals that's really freaked out, mm-hmm. that he's really freaked out by. And we'll get to it in another podcast. Oh, yes. Sure. Um, that's why I don't want to give it away now. <laughs> but it's just so different. And he, what I really love, like, I think the most recent issue, my favorite scene was him going back to their lair that they fought the Mausers in before they moved into the church. And uh, he cleaned the whole thing up and he lives there by himself now. And I really like that. That's such a great analog for when you grow up and you live on your own for the first time. Yeah. It's just And, and it's just kind of like, I don't know about you, but um, the first time I lived by myself, it's kind of like that first night you're in your house by yourself, you're just kind of like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A I don't lonely. have yeah. to talk to. I don't own a TV yet. Uh, what do I do? Yeah. You know? I remember. I, I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Well. Then then you realize how much money you had to spend to live. So, oh, amen to that. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so let me ask you this, man. How many slices of pizza would you give this particular issue? You know, from, from the artwork, the storytelling, what do you give this issue? Man, 14 out of 10. Man, <laughs> just, this is, and uh, all kidding aside, <clears throat> excuse me, all kidding aside, this is, Probably a nine for me nice. because there's a couple of hiccups. There's a couple of hiccups with the art that I don't really care for. I think, particularly, I get why it's so dark in the first oh, couple of pages because you're not it. supposed to see what's going on. Yeah, but I'm a dumb guy. I need clarity. <laughs> so, I, I I ding it a little bit for that. But like, this is probably the best turtle story I've read in a long time. Yeah, like this is every now and then you just get a reaffirmation as to why you love a certain product and it's just like this is why I love the ninja, the ninja turtles not because they're bad guys not because they're working with shredder not because somebody dies at the end but just because it re- reinforces the theory that I've got where like there's just certain characters that you can just do anything with and the ninja turtles are definitely some of those characters where they're kind of like spider-man Spider-Man is this average dude with a little bit of superpowers with probably the weakest power set in the Marvel universe, but you can put him anywhere and he works. The Ninja Turtles, you can team them up with anyone and they work. You know, I mean, back in the day, they had a Ninja Turtle Savage Dragon crossover. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it works. You know, just seeing the Ninja Turtles in Chicago. You know, <laughs> it was it was a city that I grew up uh, not very far away from, a city that I could look over the... Uh, Lake Michigan and Sea. And it was like, Ninja Turtles are right over there. You know, it was great. And like, just they cross over with Usagi Yojimbo, the Flaming Carrot, Madman, <laughs> Ghostbusters. They just work no matter where you put them. And this story just cements that. And it's just like, they are the most, they, the Ninja Turtles are the most versatile characters in nonfiction or in fiction. You know, that's they, they a really good point. Are. Yeah. Yeah. And this comic book is just, it's a nine out of 10 for me to make a long story short. Sorry. No, that was great. Beautifully said, because I, I definitely agree. Uh, for me, I will say that this issue, ooh, I want to give it a 10. I want, yeah. I want to so bad. I'm going to say 9.5 because this is almost the best issue. 
almost the best issue I've ever read. Uh, you know, for for me personally, I I, I still you know I go back to Tales, uh, Volume Two, Issue Nine. Uh, that'll always be my favorite for yeah. my own reasons. But as far as storytelling, as far as artwork and everything coming together and seeing um, these characters you love so much in just one issue, major things happen. Um, you see character changes, character twists. There's a plot twist at the end. Uh, you see major characters die. Um, man, uh, easily my favorite IDW issue, uh, Turtles issue they put out so far. And, and at the same time, it's a very simple story. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's pretty much in one room, the same five characters talking to each other. And the only thing that's changed is these good guys are bad guys now. And it's, it's very, very simple. But just like all the other IDW comics, there's just layers upon layers and layers, man. Like this thing is like the culmination of the biggest, most extravagant and beautiful cake you ever saw. You cut <laughs> up a slice of a cake. And you see all the little stacks. You see icing, cake, icing, cake, icing, cake, icing, fondant. And <laughs> it's just, it is just that. Or it's, it's like a deep it, dish pizza, too, with a whole bunch of toppings on top. Yeah, but, you know, I like the cake better because it's not as messy. Oh, shit, sure, yeah. that makes sense. Makes you sense. always get that one piece where you got it on the spatula and you lift it up and it folds in the middle. Ah, yeah, I know exactly it, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's like whenever you, that's why I don't buy DiGiorno anymore because I can never cook it perfectly like Nicole does. I know. You know what? I'll tell you, our, our wives, they just have a knack for certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. I mean, I don't want to tell my wife to get in the kitchen or anything. Like that. <laughs> well, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> oh, man. But, but, uh, but yeah. I'll get yelled at later. So. <laughs> but yeah, hey, so I, I guess we both agree that this was a fantastic issue one of the best we've ever read for for idw or for any ninja turtles comic in general um i i think it gets our seal of approval so uh see a 9.5 and a 9.9 so uh, i guess we both give it a 9.25 slices out of pizza or slice of pizza out of 10 so there you go oh yeah yeah to anyone listening if you buy one comic a month make it this one yes yeah it's 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 one of those issues that will kind of blow your mind a little bit so so stay tuned, guys. Uh, next episode of the IDW uh, Mutation Station. Oh, I love saying that. Um, <laughs> we will be covering, uh, I guess it's issue 57 of the IDW yes. comics, where mm -hmm. some crazy things have happened with Leatherhead and the Utroms, and we're going to talk all about it next Saturday. So stay tuned for that. So, Josh, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out this episode, episode 41? Oh, man. You know what? I... I prepared for this last time, and I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> Man, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go back, and let's see. I love the Supreme Pizza. From uh, you know, just a good mixture of meat and vegetables. Maybe stuffed crust pizza today. All right. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Supreme Pizza, stuffed crust. All right, dudes, you do that. Well, here's to hope you enjoy your Supreme Stuffed Crust Pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabunga.